0: Keep your ride-or-die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply.
1: Welcome to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com, the independent voice of UNC sports. Brought to you by JohnnyTShirt.com, the go-to provider for all your Tar Heel gear. For Inside Carolina, I'm Taylor Vipolis, and you're listening to this podcast, which is a part of the Inside Carolina Podcast Network. So first off, thank you for being here. If you haven't already, be sure to subscribe to Inside Carolina, wherever you get your podcasts or on YouTube, so you never miss any of the content our team at IC puts out. It hardly takes any time, and it helps us out a great deal. Also, speaking of support, we want to support the people that support us. So that's why on this podcast, I have to remind everybody about Jimmy's Famous Seafood, the reason they wanted to sponsor this podcast is simple. They're owned by UNC fans. They normally get a group down from Baltimore to a basketball game, and I was hanging out with the owner, John, last year at the Military Bowl watching UNC beat Temple. With the pandemic, it's a tough time right now to be a locally owned business, so it's helping out one of our own, and at the same time, you get ridiculously good seafood at a great price, a true win-win. For everybody wondering, my go-to order is the famous gift box where you get two massive crab cakes, two different kinds of crab soup, and then a half pint of crab dip. Visit them online at jimmysfamousseafood.com. And at checkout, use the code hashtag GDTBATH for free two-day shipping. That's promo code GDTBATH. All right, let's get to it. Carolina fans, we've got a treat for you because joining me every week moving forward during basketball season, We've got a Carolina basketball legend currently in the NBA with the Oklahoma City Thunder, Justin Jackson, the former ACC Player of the Year, ACC champion, a consensus first-team All-American, and, of course, a daggum national champion. Justin, do you ever get tired of hearing some of those accolades you were able to rack up while in Chapel Hill?
2: Uh, I mean, I don't know if you can ever really get tired of it, honestly. Uh, But, I mean, it's – You know, it feels like it was so long ago. that It's not even really that relevant, So, um, but I appreciate the praise for sure.
1: Now, Justin, with your experience, I was glad to have you join me and talk about this current team where Carolina is coming off a win against Syracuse. It's UNC's third straight win. What have been the most encouraging signs that you've seen early on from this Carolina team? Um, I mean, I
2: think there's a few, honestly, um, you know, the fact that they, you know, that they're still, they're still fighting in games, you know, even you look at last night's game. I mean, they were down and I mean, buddy Bam was going crazy in the first half, you know, and they kept on fighting, kept on fighting and eventually were able to pull it out. And I think, you know, that's kind of the number one thing when it comes to a young team and a team trying to really gel is just not ever quitting. You know, obviously it's a weird season. They didn't get enough time to really have you know, practices in the offseason and stuff like that. But just continue to get better, continue to develop, and through that is fighting together. Um, and so I think that's the number one thing that I've seen is is that. And then, honestly, just individuals um, maturing and getting better. You know, guys like Kerwin, guys like, you know, obviously Caleb Love has struggled for a little bit, but even he made some big plays yesterday. Um, you know, guys just continue to maturing and continue to get better, I think, is a really good sign.
1: Yeah, for me, it's that this team is finding those ways to win games. For the time being, at least, it seems like teams have kind of closed that gap, and we've gone away from the days where Carolina can just go into gyms and run teams out of the building. But you have to give this team a lot of credit that they are making the plays to win games late, where if this was last year, they probably lose to Notre Dame, they probably lose to Miami, and they probably lose to Syracuse when – those teams made their runs in the second half, and you don't see that quit from this Carolina team. And now that we've kind of covered what has been encouraging to see, what about the flip side of that, where have you seen the most room for growth for this Carolina team?
2: Um, You know, I think one of the big things is just outside shooting. Um, I mean, you look at the teams that were really good. You look all the way back to 05. They had shooters everywhere. You know, you look to 9 they had guys like Wayne, Danny, guys that could really spread the floor, which then opened things up for the bigs that were dominant inside. And here on this team, you know, you're finally starting to see, you know, Playtex starting to hit some shots. Kerwin's starting to hit some shots. Leakey hit some big ones against Miami. Um, You know, so it's – you know, it's finally starting to see, like, you know, these guys are really – able to stretch the floor a little bit. So then you see Garrison being able to get loose a little bit inside last night. Um, obviously Armando has, has been playing extremely well. He's able to do some things. And then, you know, the, the man child, De'Ron, you know, he's able to get loose in there. So it's, you know, it's just a matter of seeing guys continue to grow from the outside. You know, RJ hit some shots last night, which I think, you know, if you can't, if you can't spread the floor and you can't make guys, Uh, respect you from the outside the two bigs inside are never going to have space to work so you know seeing that a little bit you know as as the games have gone on I think is a good sign and and that's just kind of a part to improve in.
1: Yeah I definitely agree with that outside shooting point and then also for for me for this team to reach its potential it has to get more production and efficiency out of the freshman backcourt, like you kind of mentioned earlier, with a guy like Caleb Love kind of going through a tough time right now. And especially since he he was a McDonald's All-American and the number two point guard in his class, it's been tough for him early where he was just two of 10 from the field in the Syracuse game on the year. He's shooting 27% from the field and 17% from three. You're someone who went through the highs and lows that come with college basketball what kind of advice would you give to someone like Caleb who is struggling out of the gate offensively
2: yeah well I think I think my first word that I would say is is to fans like don't give up on Caleb Love right like I I get he's he was a McDonald's All-American I get he was supposed to come in and be this you know next great point guard right but coach in their system as so much of the point guards you know obviously I wasn't a point guard but I saw how much he asked to Joel I saw how much he asked to Marcus and so coming in as a freshman and not having that time in the offseason to be able to really you know begin to acclimate to kind of you know knowing the places that he's supposed to be as a point guard and knowing where he can attack and where he should try to move the ball or whatever you know it's a lot going on you know and you put college is just a totally different speed than what it was in high school um and so I think that's the first one when it comes to, okay, people who might want to try to say, okay, let's move on from Caleb Love. No, like Caleb Love has shown signs, you know, and, and he, I think he will only get better as time goes on. Um, but to him personally, I just say keep on working, you know, keep on trying to figure out, you know, the, the, the places that you can attack. Keep on trying to figure out, you know, if this is a good shot, if this is not a good shot. And honestly, at the end of the day, just going out there and hoop, you know, for me. I've, I've always been a guy that kind of has overthought. And so going into college as a freshman, you know, I was trying to find the right place I need to be in defensively. I need to be here offensively. I need to be setting this back screen instead of just going out there and just playing. And so I think for him, it's just a matter of finding those spots, but then just going out there and playing how he knows he can play. And I think over time, as he starts getting used to and starts seeing different things at the college level, I think he'll become really good.
1: Yeah, and I think with this team too, it's it's a case where he doesn't have to go out there and be a 20-point-per-game scorer. There's so many other ways for him to kind of impact the game to try to help out this team win these games. And with COVID, it was a shortened type of offseason. There was no pickup with the NBA guys. There was no exhibition games. He had one game against the College of Charleston, and then it's right into the Maui Invitational, right into the ACC Big Ten Challenge. Right into the CBS Sports Classic against Kentucky, and then finally right into ACC play. There hasn't been much room for him to kind of figure out who he is at the college level with how competitive and shortened this schedule has been. How much did a normal summer and exhibition type lead up help you with your confidence level entering your first season at Carolina?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, obviously you still go through growing pains, you know, even after that offseason, all that sort of stuff. Um, but I think that that is a huge part of going in as a freshman. You know, going in, you know, what is it, the second summer session, I think is when you have to go in. Um, going in for that and something as small as playing p- pickup against, you know, guys that come back and play, you know, getting beat up and pushed around a little bit for guys that are playing in league or have already played at UNC. Like, it kind of shows you the level that you have to play at you know, and then being able to have whatever it was when we were there, I think it was like one practice a week or a certain amount of hours, like being able to kind of get, you know, get to know the offense a little bit, a little bit, and and realizing the speed that you have to play at in practice and in college, it's huge, you know, and then obviously playing those exhibition games against, you know, teams that aren't necessarily ACC caliber, but they're still college players who might've been in college for two, three years already. Um, those are huge so obviously that's a big loss when it comes to freshmen and how young this team really is Um, which I think is a reason to also just wait and watch the team grow as the season goes on you know like you said they've won what three in a row Um, and you know I think at first you know the basketball wasn't great quality at first right but then you see as the games go on you know they make some big time plays you know as the games go and so I think it's just a matter now. You know, obviously, it sucked that they weren't able to have that, but now just watching them mature and watching them grow as these games go on, I think it's going to be fun to watch.
1: Yeah, and this isn't a a problem that is just a Carolina basketball thing. I think when you look across the country at a lot of these programs that are relying on a lot of freshmen, like Duke and like the Kansas they're they're all kind of going through these growing pains right now. And I'm curious, you kind of mentioned it a little, but what was the adjustment like for you out of high school when you looked around and you weren't always the most talented or the most athletic player on the court anymore?
2: It's different. You know, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure if you would ask anybody that goes to like North Carolina or Kentucky or whatever, you know, they were probably the best player in their city, if not their state, you know, one of the best in the country. And so it's like, everything has been so easy for you right, and then you get to college, and it's like, man, like, I will never forget, like, one of my first, you know, one of the first times me playing pickup, right, Um, you know, we had JP Togoto, which I loved him, Um, but he was frying me in pickup, like, absolutely frying me, Um, you know, and that was like, I was, you know, in that time, I was like, you know, I don't think my team won a single game, honestly, like, my first time playing pickup, and I remember going back to the locker room and I was like, man, dude, like, is this really for me? You know what I mean? Like, is this, is this really it? Um, but I think it's just, man, it's it's just a matter of continuing to try to grow. That's just kind of my motto. And I think that should be kind of the motto for everybody else is like just keep on trying to get better. You know, it might not be pretty one day. It might, you might get whooped one day, but the next day wake up and let's just try to get better, you know? And I think that's what this team is, is kind of doing. And, I've got all the confidence obviously in coach to kind of get these guys right but I think the guys themselves you kind of see maturity and growth you know as 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 their minutes go up and as time goes on so that's, that's definitely fun
1: That's crazy to kind of hear about you going through those struggles when when I did list off all those accolades you have and kind of think about you in those pickup games questioning, you know, is is Carolina basketball the right place for me is, am I uh, a D one caliber type of player? But I, I wanted to go back to the point with um, Caleb love where the recent run of the freshman point guards with Kobe white and Cole Anthony having success while the team might not have had success. Cole Anthony still put up great numbers at Carolina. It might've inflated expectations when it came to Caleb love, but like you mentioned, it's, it's way too early to give up on him. We're only 11 games into a freshman season, unlike any other. And you have to hope for Love that he continues to develop, which kind of leads perfectly with the next player I wanted to talk about, Armando Baycott. His field goal percentage is up to 64.6% this season, up almost 20% from last year, which sounds ridiculous. What have you seen from Mondo this year for him to, for him to take such a drastic leap? Um,
2: to be honest, I mean, his aggression level, um, to me has been what's really taken him up a notch. You know, like when he gets the ball on the block, he's trying to go through your chest and trying to score bucket, you know, And, and he's not settling for, you know, necessarily jump shots or, you know, even necessarily hook shots. Like he's trying to get to the basket. Um. And I think even on the glass, I mean, he's out here working on the boards. Um, And so I think just his level of intensity that he's brought this year has obviously taken his game to the next level. Um, And then I think too, you know, when you pair him with a Garrison or with a De'Ron or, um, you know, even with the Kessler, like when they come in, like, if he brings that energy, then the other bigs have to bring that energy, you know, and the rest of the team has to bring that energy. And so, I think it should just be contagious. Um, but, I mean, for him individually, I mean, just seeing his aggression and seeing his energy that he's played with um, has been super encouraging.
1: Kind of going along the the pickup lines, um, you had a guy like Tyler Hansbrough back with the team this offseason, so now it's, it's kind of nice to see Mondo being the one who's initiating the contact, and you probably think he, he got that from somebody like Psycho T. But... <laughs> A guy like Mondo, he looks stronger around the rim. His positioning underneath the basket seems to be better. So he's both getting easier looks and he's able to initiate the contact and then finish through the contact this season. How much did the strength and conditioning program at UNC help you? And when did you start to see that translate to your game on the court? (laughs) Um, As a noted sleeve wear.
2: Come on now. It's legendary. You gotta wear the sleeves. Um but I man, Jonas, man, is one of my favorite people uh that I've even met through my whole basketball journey. Um I think he's one of the best anywhere when it comes to knowing what somebody's body needs or what kind of work they need or what their diet might need to might need to be. Um so for me, honestly, like I you know, it might it might not have shown, but like I felt it. From when I went in that summer, that summer session um, as a freshman, you know, it's for me. I didn't like I didn't really lift in high school either. So going in and all of a sudden starting to lift weights, like it was like you could feel it. You know, obviously it's still a matter of going out and using it, but the things that Jonas has you doing is so like basketball movement oriented, everything like that. So it should prepare you for the game. So you know, I think like you said with Armando, like it really looks like he took that part of his game very seriously. Um, and so now on the court, it's easy to go through somebody's chest and get an and one for him. You know, it's easy to, you know, draw foul or, or go through that contact. Um, but I love Jay, man. I think he's one of the best. So, you know, I'm sure he got them right in the
1: offseason. Baycott, he got a double-double in the Cuse game, 15 points, 12 rebounds, his third of the season. And surprisingly, with his first double-double, against Cuse was Garrison Brooks before Cuse the previous three games he was averaging just 6.6 points per game on 33% shooting far from what you would expect from the preseason ACC player of the year then right on cue the Q zone was perfect for him to operate with how he kind of works in that mid post area he scores 16 big points adds 10 rebounds if you're Garrison Brooks how do you build off this game?
2: Um, man, I think, I think G just needs to get back just playing how he played last year. The amount of confidence that he had last year, um, and just going out there and playing, obviously they weren't having a ton of team success, but just going out there and playing and being dominant whenever he's on the court. I think that's really just what he needs to get back to. And you saw glimpses of that, especially in the first half last night. Like, I mean, he was when he got the ball in the paint, he was looking to score or looking to do something aggressive. Um, you know, I I think – and I went through this too, you know, when I was kind of getting some of those accolades. You feel like you kind of have to prove why you deserve those accolades, right? So it's like when I got the ACC play of the year, it was like, okay, I, I need to go out there and prove why I deserve this, right? When really like my play during the season – proved why I was supposed to get it. Like Garrison was ACC player of the year, preseason ACC player of the year for a reason, right? Like he dominated last year. And so I think there for a little bit, and I could be totally wrong, but for a little bit it was almost like he felt like he had to go out there and either prove himself and show why he deserves it or um, he just started thinking about it. And for, for him, I think, man, if he just gets back just playing, just confident, playing aggressive like he has been in the past, I think he'll be completely fine. And if he does that, I think this team takes another step because then they have a legit, you know, beast on the inside that creates so much more space for another Armando on the other block or for a guy like Caleb Love. Give him space, you know. So I think it's just a matter of him going out there and just playing like he has played, you know, and not thinking too much about it.
1: I think part of it comes when you – are a school like North Carolina and that is across the front of your jersey but does it ever feel like when you do have that kind of accolades that there is a certain like target on your back from the opposing team and when you are at the top of the scouting report that it's just extra motivation for the other team to kind of show like why maybe you don't deserve the the hype and the praise that you kind of get
2: for sure I mean I think as basketball players you find you find whatever you can to give you some sort of motivation, right? So I guarantee the other bigs on the other team going into a game against Garrison, I like, man, I'm gonna go out here and show why, like, he's not this or why I should be this, you know, or whatever it is. And so, you know, it is tough when you are on, you know, the one or two option on the scouting report that, that the teams are like, okay, we got to stop this guy, you know, but at the end of the day, he's played himself into that situation, you know? And, and so, there's a reason why you're one or two on a scouting report. Um, And so I think for him, like I said, it's just a matter of him taking that serious and going out there and just playing, you know, like he is that one or two option on a scouting report, you know, and and going out there and being aggressive when he gets the ball, making something happen. Um, And so I think it does, it does bring a little bit more, being in North Carolina does, it just, just brings more pressure anyways, right? Like, you got fans going crazy if you have one bad game. You've got – you know, they feel like it's the end of the world if you lose an ACC game. You know, it's like – so there's so much more pressure when you wear that jersey anyways. Um, But I think it's just a matter of you going out there and hooping and realizing, okay, you know what, if I go out there and play, everything else will take care of itself. So hopefully he can do that and the rest of the team can keep doing that.
1: This has been a team where they have been carried by their bigs at times this season behind strong performances – with a guy like Baycott, with Sharp, like you mentioned. And then, of course, everybody knows what a guy like Garrison Brooks can do. And against Cuse, Carolina had 24 offensive rebounds that led to 24 second-chance points, where the best offense for UNC at times was a missed shot. And it's not something new, because I remember thinking that during your title season, too, at times, what does that do for a shooter – what does that do for a shooter's confidence and just the offense's confidence overall where you can take your shot and even if you miss there there's a good chance one of your bigs will be there to clean it up,
2: man, I tell you it's um you know it's it's it, it clears a lot of it takes a lot of pressure um like you said from a shooter, knowing that okay we want you to shoot because we've got two bigs down there that 50 percent of the time are going to get an offensive rebound if you miss it um you know it's not one of those where it's like man i gotta make this or else we're gonna get back on defense you know so i think when it comes to shooting that helps so much um and obviously like that's been one of coaches mo right like for us um obviously we had kennedy we had bryce we had isaiah tony um Luke, when he, when he played, um, you know, we had guys that, I mean, they were beasts on the boards, right? Like, they were a problem. And so that creates so many more opportunities. And at the end of the day in basketball, the more opportunities you have, the more likely that you're going to have more success than a team. And so when, when, when you have bigs like, you know, Armando and G and, and Sharp and guys like that that are able to hit the glass heavy and get more opportunities, I think it gives – you know, an offense that at times can get stagnant, it gives them even more opportunities to get shots. And so when that happens, it obviously creates, you know, a, more of a problem for the defense that they're going against. So, you know, I think if they keep on doing that and they've got, I mean, you got two guys that had double doubles last night, you know, and like you said, what, 24 offensive rebounds. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's crazy, right? Like that's 24 more opportunities on offense than the other team. And so, You know that just I think that's they got to keep on pounding that and keep on you know going at that at that factor.
1: Yeah, and then I think when you look at Syracuse's numbers, they had uh, ten offensive rebounds and only four second chance points. So obviously, Carolina is winning that margin significantly and kind of closing with that confidence. Team, you mentioned Buddy Beheim earlier. He was killing UNC early, eighteen points in the first half, four threes. Yet in the second half. He's held scoreless, and it wasn't some huge game plan adjustment, but it was as simple as Leakey just ramping up the defensive pressure. In the post-game press conferences, Garrison mentioned that he thought Leakey was the best defender in the ACC. Coach Williams mentioned that he thought Leakey was up there for the best defenders in the ACC. What does that do for a team when you do kind of have that trust in your guy to go out there and put the clamps on either the opposing team's best offensive threat or the player that is giving you the most trouble that night?
2: I mean, it's huge, right? I mean, like, I mean, and I will say like Buddy Behan. there were a few shots that he hit in the first half that were uh, very tough shots. Um, But there were also some that he was just wide open. Um, And I think, even like you start the second half, and I think leaky had a block on one of his jump shots, right, so he like set the tone from the jump, like okay, I'm here, right, like everything if you're gonna go get something like it's gonna be tough, you know, and i'm a I'm gonna hang my hat to you, good shot like i'm and I'm gonna be right back at you um and so I think honestly, what's crazy about leaky leaky has so many different tools, right, like he's long, athletic can defend, like, multiple, multiple uh, positions offensively. Like, he can do a little bit of everything. Um, And so I think defensively, when you have somebody that's able to, you know, obviously they had some other guys that were playing well, too. But when you have somebody that's able to kind of take that, I mean, 18 points in the first half, that's tough, right? When you're able to completely cancel that out in the second half because of one guy stepping up and saying, hey, you're not going to have any more just like, you know, whenever I was talking about Armando's energy, like that becomes contagious, right? Like then you have PlayTech fighting over screens. You've got, um, you know, you've got Caleb fighting over screens. you got him defending. you got Biggs down low defending the block, you know, so it's like it just becomes contagious, you know, and I think all of those little things, like every role and everything that these guys, each individual does well, if they can piece those together and put those, you know, into a 40-minute game every single night, I think they could have a really good team, you know, and I think they can make a run because I know obviously, like I said before, coach is going to get them right as the ACC play keeps going, you know. And so when you have him at the helm and you've got guys that are as talented as this team has, you have them continuing to grow and continue to, you know, see, you know, those parts of the game where they can really make an impact. I think they can really, really turn into something, really a problem.
1: With a guy like Leaky Black, does he kind of remind you of all at somebody who you played with, Theo Pinson, where you look at Leaky uh, last night, he was second on the team in plus minus, he was plus 16. He had three blocks, he had a steal, he's contributing on the glass, he has seven assists, where it's kind of going back to that Caleb Love point where you don't have to be the go-to scorer, but he is that type of blue guy for this Carolina team where he is making the plays that are leading to Carolina coming out victorious in these games
2: yeah I mean you know Theo's one of one right like Theo I don't know if if comparing anybody to Theo even really works to be (laughs) honest Um, because I mean like Theo was so you know, Leaky is very talented, but I think a lot of times people overlook how how really good Theo really was. Right. Like because our teams were so talented, Theo didn't have to do a ton of things, right? Like he just didn't have to. But he had in him the ability to be like a very, very, very good offensive player. He had a very like he defensively when he really locked in, he could be a really, really good defender. Um, but yeah, like Leaky does show those things. You know, like you said, like in the box score, you see him kind of have You know, a couple of stats in every single you know statistical category, and so it's like, even though he's not having twenty points a game or he's not averaging ten assists or whatever, like you can rely on him to make a big time, get a big time rebound, get a big time stop, maybe go get a big time bucket, Um, and so I think in those, you know, in those in those areas, I think Theo, you know, was. Uh, or Leaky was a lot like Theo when it came to that. Um, so, I mean, you know, like I said before, I think it's just a matter of, you know, guys like him, guys like Kerwin, who's, you know, trying to find his, trying to find his, you know, role and what he needs to be doing for the team. You know, guys like those guys that can really, if they can take that next step and realize, okay, you know what, I can contribute outside shooting or I can contribute like, the way I locked down on Buddy Bayheim last night, like I can do that every game against their best player. You know, it's like if they can continue to find those and continue to grow, I think they could be really good, man.
1: Justin, I don't think I'll ever hear a truer statement than there will never be another Theo Pinson. But I appreciate you hopping on here and talking with me today and looking forward to doing this weekly.
2: For sure. I appreciate it, man.
1: Thanks for listening to another podcast from InsideCarolina.com. Brought to you by t-shirt.com, Where to go for your next Tar Heel gear purchase.
3: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it.